Hello, my name is Renee. And if you love music as much as I do, I totally recommend you check out my new podcast series. It's called Break It Down Again with Renee. And what I do is I grab a song from the past and I break it down for you. I tell you little details about who, what, when, and where it was recorded and whatever happened around at the same time that song was released. It's fun and you might find out a couple of things that you might not know about it. So don't forget to check it out. Break it down again with Renee. Available everywhere you listen to your podcasts, like this one, the one you're listening to right now. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. Grab your coffee. Hola, hola, Coca-Cola. How are you guys? Welcome to another episode of Grab Your Coffee with Rene Pineda. I am your friend and host, Rene Pineda. I've been away. I know it's been a while. And um, I've been very, very busy. I'm working on a total of five projects, okay? Of those five projects, three are mine. And uh, the other one is work. And the other one is a client, a customer that um, I help with production. So yes, it's been a very busy year so far. And working from home actually has made it easier because I'm able to jump from actual work, which starts at 5.30 in the morning. And from there, I jump right into the personal work. Now, these personal projects have uh, been on hold for a while. Uh, one of them, I keep working on it over and over and over because I want to perfect it. This is a little surprise that I have for you guys coming soon. And I just want to ask you to stay tuned because I'm sure you guys are going to love it. Um, after watching the algorithm on my podcast, I came to the realization that you guys love a type of podcast. And it was really cool to see that whole process happen in front of my eyes, how you guys have grown with me little by little. And this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you guys. You guys have made it possible just by listening and enjoying things with me. That's what makes my world turn or that's what makes my clock tick, makes me happy. And, um, you know, I'm actually going to do this as I'm here with you because there are so many countries that are listening to Grab Your Coffee now. I I'm so I'm so grateful, you guys. I am so grateful that I'm able to, to, to actually see these things come to life little by little. And it's going to be hard for me to mention every single city, but I'm going to mention countries um, because I think it's important for you guys to know that I can see which countries are listening to the podcast. The United States, France, Mexico, Germany, Brazil, Peru, Canada, Ireland, Poland, um, Dominican Republic, United Kingdom, uh, Puerto Rico, Guam, Guatemala, India, Indonesia, Australia, Saudi Arabia, Philippines, Turkey, Argentina, uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, and many, many others. And as far as cities go here in, 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 uh, in the U.S., I can't even start. Let me put it this way. There are a total of 325 cities that are currently listening to Grab Your Coffee with Rene Pineda. Do you know how grateful I am? Thank you. 
Thank you for making this happen. Thank you for taking the time. You could be doing other stuff, uh, but you choose to have me uh, talk to you as you're driving to work or driving home from work. Thank you. I appreciate it. This episode is going to be a little more of what you guys have liked as far as I said, the information that I've gathered throughout these past episodes. Um, I'm not a big summer person. You guys, I can't. I, I can't tell you how much I dislike summer. Summer is just icky for me. I don't like it. It's hot. It's damp sometimes. And there are two things, and I'm speaking for myself so nobody gets hurt, okay? There are two things chubby people can't stand. Hunger and heat. Anything else I can handle. But don't make me hungry and don't make me hot. Everything else, I'll figure out a way to to, to, to get by. But those two things, ugh, I hate it. And people always ask me, well, Renee, why do you live in L.A. if you don't like the heat? Because I love the city. I love the city. It, I, I love being here. The San Fernando Valley is actually one of the hottest spots during summer, especially where I live. So, yeah, I, I've learned to just roll with it during summer and just try to stay as cool as possible, you know? And uh, that's not going to change. It's never going to change. Well, here's the hoping that it never changes. Uh, but with that said, let me let me start off by telling you that every summer there are a few movies that I personally love to watch. It's like a type of ritual, which started right when I was around, I'm going to say 10 or 11. And then it just kept growing and going. Growing and going, growing and going. And it, it's... Imagine so many years just, you know, watching these movies and they make me happy during summer. I can watch them anytime, really, but during summer is when I really, really enjoy them because it kind of goes with the flow, you know? Now, I'm not going to tell you that these movies are the shit because they may not be for you, but they are for me and, as it turns out, for a few of you as well. In fact, I'm actually going to include a few of your favorite ones uh, pretty soon, so... Stay tuned because I will be talking about some of the ones that you guys voted that I've never seen. So I'm going to watch them and then I'll tell you about them. Um, so keep in mind that I might miss some of your favorites, but that's okay. We're all different. When it comes down to entertainment, we are all absolutely different. Let me put it this way to you. I don't like action movies. Can't stand them. They're too, like, over the top. Like a fucking flying bus. You know, the bus from Speed, right? Seriously, if it were real life, that fucking bus would have just fallen right over the edge. But at least when I sit down to watch a science fiction film, I, I already know what I'm getting myself into. I know I'm going to be watching some far-fetched shit. But hey, at least I know this sitting down. Not like a movie where, oh, the bus le pones alas and it's going to fly. No, my man. Yeah? Like... One man taking out a whole army? Seriously, you want me to believe that? Can't somebody just throw a bomb at that mofo and just... <clears throat> that's it. Yeah, chingoso madre. Yeah. So, no, I, I don't like action movies. I think they're so over the top. Um, it's always been, you know, thought of, uh, of uh, action movies that, oh, it's a manly thing. Dude, really? No, not really. I don't think you need to watch that kind of movie to feel... Manly. 
You don't. At least I don't. All right. Uh, so as you might have guessed, based on how I'm talking about these things, most, if not all, of these movies that I'm going to be talking about are older. And that's just because after a certain age, certain movies just don't have that same magical feeling anymore. And personally, I think getting older just sucks. Just sucks. Why? Well, because we figure out that movies and real life are way fucking different. Like for years, I kept leaving Reese's Pieces in the backyard, hoping that in some miraculous way and chance, fucking E.T. would show up. But that never happened. So I finally stopped last week. I said, nah, to hell with this. You know? So, yeah. Getting older sucks. Stay young, my friend. Stay golden, pony boy. Speaking of E.T., it just so happens to be in my list of summer movies to watch. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I doubt there's anyone out there that's never seen this film. Um, but really, it's a, it's a must in anyone's collection. We've all heard the name Steven Spielberg at one point or another. And he's been making movies for years. I mean, he creates that magic ever since, like, I think the late 60s, if I'm not mistaken. And, in fact, one of his first summer movies was some scary shit. Yeah, my dear friends, Steven Spielberg directed Jaws. Nah, nah. Nah, nah. Now, the first time I saw that movie, whew, that was the last time I ever saw it. I can't even go to the pool anymore without thinking that son of a bitch shark is going to come in and bite my ass. <clears throat> bite me in half. Orale, cabrón. I never asked for chicharrón, but I'll take it. <laughs> Fuck, dude, I, I swear. I We used to go swimming at this public pool when we were kids with my friends. And I used to be so afraid. I, I, I know there were no fucking sharks in the pool, but I was a kid and I I didn't know there <laughs> things we don't know, you know? <laughs> but anyway, back to my story. So two years after Jaws was released in 1977, um, a movie came out about extraterrestrials and... It wasn't quite E.T. In fact, in this film, science fiction was a bit scary and way ahead of its time. I mean, let me tell you why. Um, it brought regular people into a situation where they got to interact with aliens. And you're probably thinking, fuck, that's some scary stuff. And it's not that it's scary. It's more like these situations up until then were kind of like, yeah, Roswell, but... This movie literally put everything into perspective. And if you've never seen it, I recommend you go see it. Okay? Go rent it. I don't know. I'm sure somebody has it. Check all the streaming services. And if they don't have it, just rent it. It's like five bucks for like two nights, you know? Totally worth it. And with this movie, you're going to find a lot of similarities. This is why I want you to watch it. And if you can watch it before uh, you watch E.T., it'd be awesome. If you've already seen E.T., go ahead and look for it. I'll give you the name right now. And the biggest similarity to me is the fact that they use a being or an alien that looks just like E.T. Same features, same color, same everything. And this was years before E.T. the Extraterrestrial came out. So if you've never seen the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind, do yourself a favor, watch it, and then let me know how you like it. Okay, I'll give you the name once again. 
close encounters of the third kind. Um, but that's not where the similarities end, by the way. The music was made by none other than the man himself, the myth, the legend, John Williams. My God. Now, all the movies that I just mentioned right now, Jaws, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and E.T., he made the music for them. He made the music for all three of them. And then there are more, which I'll talk about later, not, not right now. And if you don't know who John Williams is, then may the Lord have mercy on your soul. This guy is amazing. And I bet you, you've seen at least, at the very least, one to three of his movies that you didn't even know that he was the one who wrote the music. Um, so back to E.T. This movie actually takes place all over the San Fernando Valley. And um, I remember watching it and wishing I lived in a place like that. I was a kid. I was in Mexico. And fuck, when I saw that scene where they take off, you know, where they fly on their bicycles, guess what? That took place seven minutes away from my house now. That's seven minutes without traffic. With traffic, it's like an hour. <laughs> and it's amazing for me to think that I live so close to that that area now. Um, it amazes me, the wonder of it all, how it, it, magic is made with film. Now, I don't know about you guys, but did anyone happen to get the urge to own a BMX bike with a basket in the front after that scene? Or was it just me? I wanted a BMX so badly. Uh, you know, I know I mentioned earlier Reese's Pieces. Here's a funny story about how those came into the movie. And it's actually quite funny and uh, sad in a way, okay? But originally, Steven Spielberg had wanted to use M&Ms as the candy for Elliot to lure uh, E.T. into his house, which is actually also right down the street from me um, because it, that, that house is actually in Northridge, California. Um, so that's kind of cool, too. I'm surrounded by E.T. Uh, film uh, sites. I'm, I'm really happy and excited to, to tell you guys these things because it's just really cool. Uh, so anyway, back to the story. Um, the people at Mars, the owners of the M&M, straight out said, nope, we don't want to have anything to do with your film. This is Steven Spielberg. I mean, by then, he already had a good you know, record of uh, creating hits, creating good movies. So then the production team moved forward and asked Hershey's if they'd be interested in being part of the movie, to which they said yes, surprisingly enough. They were only asked to invest a million dollars into the movie, which was a bargain considering um, that advertising for that kind of movie would have probably cost around 15 to $20 million. But for a million dollars plus, you know, a shitload of uh, Reese's Pieces, they were going to be able to be a part of history. And here's the where the where the story gets twisted. Not twisted in a nasty way. It's just funny how they only invested a million because M&M's didn't want to be a part of it or uh, Mars. Um, three weeks after the movie was released, sales of the Reese's Pieces candy more than tripled. Their orders tripled from the, the retailers. So they got a great deal at the end of the day. Low-cost investment, which is a million dollars. I mean, for advertising, that's kind of cheap. But the return was so high, not only in sales, but it keeps going on and on and on. It's been years. And here we are in 2021 talking about this $1 million deal 
which was a steal back then. Can you imagine now? It would probably, at a bargain, cost them around $20 million in today's money, if not more. And that was just the candy. Now imagine how hard it was to actually cast the right kids for this film. The first one to actually get cast was uh, Drew Barrymore. I love Drew Barrymore. I, I think she's very talented. Um, like all of us, she's had her ups and she's had her downs, but that doesn't take away from the fact that she's an amazing, amazing actress. And she started when she was six. <laughs> In fact, uh, during her audition, she didn't mess around. She straight out told Steven Spielberg that she was really a drummer for a rock and roll group called the Purple People Eaters. Yeah, she, she, she told Spielberg, I'm no actress. I'm not here to act. I actually, I'm a drummer for a, a group. She was six years old. And when Spielberg heard Drew Barrymore's um, wild imagination, he knew that he'd found Gertie. And I can't picture anyone else being Gertie, honestly. But I truly believe that Casting for Elliot was probably the toughest job ever for that film. I mean, can you imagine any other kid from that time playing that role? His acting was top-notch. And how he got the part was just as great, actually. Because uh, Steven Spielberg knew he needed a special type of kid for this role. So while searching for Elliot, the name Henry Thomas came up. And uh, this was by actually one of his, his, his friends. His name is Jack Fisk. He's the one that told him, hey, um, here's a kid. He might be what you're looking for. Give him a whirl, right? So they set up an audition. And because I, I, I love this movie, I've done this, this whole searching for information for years, like the film locations and all that stuff. And uh, it's been available for anyone to watch on YouTube for years. So I got a chance to see this audition on YouTube. And I am not going to lie, that kid had me crying from the very moment they basically said action. And they had given him a script, okay, to memorize, to, to memorize his lines. But rather than going the usual way, Steven Spielberg had Henry Thomas improv a scene and he picked like the saddest scene ever which is the one where the government agent is trying to take his best friend which is et away from him so there's this person off camera and i believe it's steven spielberg uh telling him i want to take your friend we need to take care of him and he just nails it he starts crying and he makes you feel the movie right then and there his feelings are being portrayed right on the film. And this is just a casting film. It was so amazing to watch this kid work his magic. And so he did the whole scene with no script. Okay, He went through the whole scene with no script. And at the end, all you hear is Steven Spielberg say, okay, kid, you got the job. Ah! That's amazing. That is Amazing. He nailed it right then and there. And these are just a few things that we can talk about, about this movie. How friendship conquers all. Yeah, that's corny, but it's true. And you can't tell me that 
the music, the moment they start flying and they go past the moon, doesn't make you want to cry. The music is just part of it. It makes it what it is. You know those tubes uh, connected to the house um, and the vans, right? Remember um, how they, they're all connected so that they can walk back and forth without contaminating the scene or the house or whatever, or even uh, E.T.? That actually came from an idea when uh, Spielberg was running late in LAX, para variar, and he drove past this construction site and he saw those tubes. He saw the tubes uh, by the construction people so that they could get back and forth without lifting, I don't know, dust or whatever, or just having a straight walk between the, the, the trash and or the asbestos or whatever was flying around and the trash can. And so he implemented that idea. At least that's what, what I read at, at a couple of uh, places. Think about it. His mind must have been always going on and probably still is because that, that was not the last of his films. We have so many of his films. Steven Spielberg has brought so many movies to all of us. He's brought so much joy. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about all of them. But I do want to mention really quickly because I, I'm actually going to make another podcast episode about The Goonies. Yes, The Goonies. Of course, it is a, it's a Richard Donner film, but Steven Spielberg was a producer and he had so much to do with this film. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where you kind of start connecting the dots and you're like, well, that makes sense. That is something that Steven Spielberg would do. That is something that he would work on. That would be one of his ideas. Little things like that, that just you start connecting the dots. I'm going to throw another name in there, okay, so that you can understand why it all makes sense and it all fits. Indiana Jones. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Indiana Jones, Steven Spielberg. Doesn't that make sense now? How it's connected, how the way he made movies is just... I know I'm going to say the word corny, but it was. But that's okay. That's what the 80s were all about. It was corniness. It was that awesome feeling. And it carried into the 90s, you guys. It carried into the 90s with so many other films. But that special feeling, that's, that's the one thing that we have to harness, that we have to hold on to. You know? That's, that, that's just the way it is. Oh, the little things that we don't know about movies that influence our childhood, right? And that's what happens. Movies are semi-dated, thus making them a bit more obsolete as they get older. But this is why it's important. It's so important to hold on to that feeling you had the very first time you saw that movie because you can recreate it over and over as long as you enjoy what you're watching. If you can hold on to that feeling then you can repeat it over and over and over again. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me for this episode. There are going to be a few other movies. but This one, I think, is definitely a way to kick off our summer. What do you think? As always, I want to thank you for um, downloading or streaming the podcast. I um, And I don't want to leave without saying thank you to every single one of you guys. 
follow me on Instagram. The odds are you got here because of my Instagram page, but here's what I want you to do as a favor to me. If you're enjoying my podcasts, if you enjoy any of the episodes that you that, that, that you've heard so far, this one or any of them, please share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with anyone that you think might get a kick out of whatever I have to say. It motivates me to keep doing this. And you're probably thinking, well, Renee, you're making money because of that. I'm actually not. I'm doing this because I love sharing my thoughts with you and I love being connected to you guys. And I can't express how happy I feel to know that we can connect. And again, I'm not bashing radio. I'm just saying radio would have never allowed me to talk this long and connect with you guys. And this is actually doing it. So I'm very, very grateful for this medium to be able to, to, to talk to you guys for so, so long and talk about the things that make me happy. And hopefully they make you guys happy as well. All right. Rene Alaire on Instagram. Rene Alaire on Instagram. Or just look for Rene Pineda. And please share, 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 share as much as you can this podcast. Okay. Take care. Stay safe. And um, just because you got your shot doesn't mean you're 100% ready to go. Still be safe. Take care of your loved ones. We still got Delta variant around. Um, I just found out that Missouri, as well as Colorado, have the biggest uh, percentage of Delta variant uh, fucking with them. So please, guys, I have so many followers and actually um, in Colorado that I really want you guys to take care of yourselves. Please. Stay safe, and I will catch you guys later. Stay tuned for the new the new project. I'll give you more details soon. Bye. Hello. I really hope you enjoyed that last episode. If so, be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications. This way, you'll know every time I drop a new episode. Also, if you're enjoying the content, why not help support the project? Either one. Grab your coffee with Rana Pineda or break it down again. You'll find the link in my bio on my Instagram page. Look for me under Rana Pineda or Rana Alaire. Thanks for the support.